Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adeomi. I'm going through the, the book of Matthew. You're now in Matthew chapter 10. We're going through this as a teaching. So open your Bible, get your Bible and open it. And I will read and then we stop and give some commentary and some exhortation. I might go from to, to all of us other Bible verses. So I just pray that the Lord will give us insight and more insight and revelation from his word today. This is Matthew, Gospel of Matthew chapter 10 from verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, as the Lord Jesus Christ, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Severi, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Libius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Now, the... The list here, the Bible says, the Lord gave us, and the power he gave to them, it's not just to them, it's the same power he gave to the whole church after he left. He said, cast out, to cast out devils, power against unclean spirits, and cause them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, that was when he sent the first, the twelve out to do that. But when we go back to the Mark, the Gospel of Mark, after the resurrection, the Lord gave the general promise to every believer. In Mark chapter 16, let me point out that to you real quick. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And that is for every believer. The same power that he declared to the apostles there, he gave it to the whole church, the body of Christ. And he said, these signs shall follow them. That's Mark, Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. That includes everybody. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So that power is given to the whole body of Christ. So the apostles were the first user of it when he sent them out, 12, and then later he sent another tally. And he gave the names of the apostles here. In the other gospel in Luke, he actually told how God, how the Lord called them. He went to the mountain to pray. And the disciples were with him when he was when he when he was going to call them. They just called them one by one to come and meet him on the mountain, and then appointed those twelve. Now let's continue. Verse five, Matthew chapter ten, verse five. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, "Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not." But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, let me point that one out again that the beginning of 
preaching of the gospel is that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now that means that means it's nearby, at hand, almost something you can touch. But then you have to remember that was how the Lord Jesus Christ started preaching that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But after the resurrection, after he has sacrificed himself for the body, for the for the for the world, and the blood was shed, then the kingdom of God started, and it's now within us individually that accepted Jesus. He said. I will make my abode in them. That's the kingdom of God in us. And he's given us the new birth. As many as received him to them, gave it power to become the sons of God. That is the kingdom of God inside us. When he was asking that, when will this kingdom appear? He told them that it's not something you can observe with your eyes and say, oh, it's in that section. It's in that country. He said, it is within you. So that is the beginning of the kingdom of God within us. It's after Christ resurrected. Now he's filling up with the Holy Spirit. That now the kingdom of God is here inside us. But that is not the end of it, that was just the kingdom of God taking possession of individual hearts, individual souls as you accept him as your Lord and Savior. But that's just the beginning. After we have, the Lord has gotten enough people into his kingdom that are giving their life to him, whether they are there, he said, I'm going to raise them up at the last day. And then the wall will be destroyed. The physical wall that you see that will be destroyed in the nuclear war, which was reported in the book of prophets. Then Christ and the saints will come down because he's going to come suddenly and take the believers out of here, the saints of God, out of here. And those who are dead will be resurrected to go and meet him in the, in the sky. Then the world will be destroyed in world war. And those who are left will be very few. It's a few men left. According to the book of Isaiah chapter 24, I believe. So the earth was born and a few men left. But those who escaped the nuclear war will be the one that will see Christ coming down from the sky. With the saints that have gone up to go and meet him, they will come down and start a new world. Gather all those who that escaped and allow them to multiply and fill the earth again for 1,000 years. That was the millennial reign of Christ on earth. That is the kingdom of God being established physically on the earth. It's already established in our hearts, we that are believing in Christ Jesus. That's why we are preaching to you. If you are not a believer, you better come and accept Jesus because that is the only hope you have to you have to be able to be particular of the kingdom that is coming physically on the earth to be reigning on earth. And those who are dead will be resurrected as a Christian, that will be resurrected first to live for one thousand years of peace, ruling on this earth, allowing the people that escape, you will be very few, that escape the world, they will allow them to multiply and fill the earth again before another test for them, which will be in the book of Revelation chapter 20. But now when he started, when the Christ came, he started saying the kingdom of God is at hand, that is, come and get it. That's what it means, come and get it. And then all the apostles told them to go preach the kingdom of God is at hand, come and get it. And those who are coming into Christ, who are believing in Christ, they are getting into that kingdom, they are getting the kingdom of God into them. And we are getting the kingdom of God into us, to take us over. First, God wants to take human beings over first, before he brings the this world under himself, this physical world under himself, because it is heart change first. Now let's go on in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8 is where we are. It says, Heal the sick, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. Now people say, well, Why are we not doing that? And that is being done. Don't say, don't, don't say we are not doing it. Many people are expecting some supernatural, but Christ is coming to do a mightier work again in the final days. Heal the sick, that's where we go. Ministers, everybody, believers should be able to go to hospital and pray for the sick and get them healed. And it's happening. I remember when I was still younger in Africa and I was telling somebody, and they came to visit me, I was telling them about the gospel. 
And the man, one man said, where are all those power and signs and wonders? I said, they are no more. I said, no, it's still happening. I told my own testimony of what the Lord has been doing in this little ministry that I had there in Nigeria. And the man said, well, that's happening? Yes. Because if you are in a corner or in a dead church where nothing is happening, you think, well, the dead, the power of God is gone. But when you are in the active places where people are going about preaching and healing the sick, I've gone to different places in South Africa with many of my team members, praying for the sick and they get miracles. And it's happening all over the world, evangelists everywhere, all over the world, preaching and in crusades. And it's happening. So don't ever think it's, it's not happening. So when Christ said, heal the sick, that he gave them here, it's still happening up to today. Cleanse the lepers. I remember going to a village in, in Nigeria in 1979 or 1980. And Lord told me to branch to that village. On a Sunday morning, when I was coming from, from the city, going through to my, to my place of work, and I branched to that village. I've been to that village before. I've given that testimony in some of my books. And I thought, well, in a, in a Sunday morning, about 10 o'clock, I thought everybody in that small village would have gone to the town for church. But when I, I was driving my, my, mini, my jeep, I had, I had a jeep that I was used for, for, for preaching. It was a Suzuki jeep, like a, a three-piston jeep with tarpaulin, and then I installed speakers, loudspeakers on, on, on two sides of it with my amplifier. So anytime I go to a village, I turn it on and preach to them. Because on this particular day, I've gone to that particular village before, and I was going back from the big city of Ibadan, we are normally we fellowship with the brethren on Saturday, and then early in the morning, coming back to my hometown, my, not hometown, my town where I was living, working. I was working in a place called Lanlate, where we have the, the national, I uh, will call it a satellite station, where we are doing transmission. I was working as an engineer, as, as an engineer in that satellite station called Lanlate. It was a small, small town. Now, as I was going through the roads towards that place, the Lord said, branch to this village. I've been to the, to the village before, about, about 10 small huts. And there's a branch here again. So I branched there again, and I, I drove into the center of the village. I started preaching with my microphone. Many people gathered, they left their huts and came and gathered around me, about 12 to 15 people in the old village, men and women. And I, as I was preaching to them, Briefly telling them about Jesus, he's the only savior, he's the power. Most of them most likely are churchgoers or something like that, or they don't believe. But they were all gathered around me, about 12 people. Then I started praying for them. And I was, as I was praying for every one of them, one by one, they my heart upon their forehead. I noticed one woman was behind the crowd and was eating away by leprosy. How do you know it was leprosy? All over her eyes, her face, she had her, all her fingers wrapped up. And, a, and a, a big wrapper all the way to her toes, too, because of these insects that are, that are attacking her, 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 her extremities. I just knew that that was a leprosy just by seeing her. She was restless, but she was standing there at the back of the crowd. And I was praying for everybody, not just some people, everybody, laying up upon them. I've said about 12 people. And I got to this woman, and as I was about to touch the woman, the only girl spoke in tongues. You will go spoke to my mouth in tongues. And as I did that, I saw the demons jump out of the woman. I did not open my eyes to see. Jump out of the woman. And I just blessed the woman and move on. That was, she was cleansed of leprosy. How do you know she was cleansed? I went by that same area the following Sunday. 
And the woman that had all her fingers wrapped up and up to, to the toes, she was now clean. She was now having a regular dress and the fingers not, not covered up. And, the, and I just thank, thank God for her and say, keep on preaching the Bible. Keep on preaching. That was what God commanded. Cleanse the lepers. So Jesus Christ is still doing it. What I'm trying to point out is that he's still doing it. Not through only one person. Through anybody that we believe. And we take the name of Jesus and go and pray for the sick. You'll be surprised that Jesus Christ is doing those signs and wonders up to today. It's a cast out devils freely. You have received freely give. Like you just give it to them freely because we receive it freely. It is the Lord that did that and that is not me. I just pray. I can actually, I didn't even pray more. You only go spoke. Cast the devil out and then I just bless the woman and move to the next person. Verse 9 said, Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yesterday's, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Now the Lord sent them out, telling them, don't try to bring some reservoir of food and money. Wherever you are going, they should provide for you. But you see, that is only in the Israel land, in the, in the land of, the, of Judea. When he sent them out to the Gentile world, something changed, because he said, now if you, that when Christ was going to the cross, he told them that when I sent you out, Without anything, did you lack anything? They didn't lack anything. They go to a house, they give them food, they stay for a night, they, they, they allow them to, they, they minister to them. They say, now, he said, now he's going to send them to the world. He said, now, if you have money, go get it. If you have uh, clothes, you need to, to get a uh, sword, sell your clothes and buy a sword. It means saying that this is now a warfare worldwide and you are going to need to finance it yourself. That's what that means. So we have to finance the gospel ourselves. And that's exactly the difference between when he sent them to, the, to Judea to go and preach. He said, don't take anything with you. They should provide for you. That's why he said, a workman is worthy of his meat. But now he's sending them out. He said, that provide for yourself now. Because this is now, you're going to do it by yourself. And that was why Apostle Paul in his writing could say he was working with his hands, making tents, selling the tents, and then using the funding to spread the gospel. And God will reward that especially. And that's what he commanded all of us to do. And of course, in our generation, many churches have gathered together and make a lot of money and they can send missionaries out from the money they collected from the, their local churches, which is also okay. But God sent us out individually, like myself, I was sent out by the Lord individually. And we go forward with the funding that the Lord provided from my engineering work and from other people that contributed. And we go forth and ministering the gospel to people. And God is still doing the science and wonder. It is the Lord that is doing We are co-laborers with him. Remember that. Verse 11 says, And into whatever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worried, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worried, let your peace return to you. It must say that when you get to a house that they want to so this is the house where I'm going to stay and then preach in the town. Then they say, peace unto this house. If the people say, no, we don't want you guys, say, we don't believe. Then you say, your peace, as you say to this house, we come back to you. <laughs> That's dangerous. Also, those people that rejected peace, uh, they are in trouble also. But say then, if, you, if they welcome you, your peace will stay in that house. Verse 14. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, Shake up the dust of your feet. Verse 16 says, I unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. 
So the Lord is saying there will be a judgment for those cities that do not accept Jesus. Verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, the Lord wanted us to go forth preaching the gospel, harm nobody. We have power and authority over satanic spirits, over demons, but we don't cast satanic spirits into people. We cast satanic spirits out of people. It's the kingdom against another kingdom. So Satan is already ruling the world, and he has some demons and satanic spirits in some people, whether through mental disorder or through disease or sickness or through just uh, evil behaviors. It's Satan. Or through any other way the devil is possessing human beings, through Satan. But when the light of God comes, the light of Jesus comes, those devils can be casted out. And that the devils of sickness can be casted out. The devils that are causing madness can be casted out. The devils that are doing all those homosexuality can be casted out. Whatever the devil is, they can be casted out by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like war, this kingdom against that kingdom. But you see, when we have authority over them, we don't cast devils upon people because they didn't receive us. No, we just leave them alone. But he said, check your dust. Your dust of your food. I mean, you just, as a witness against them that way, they didn't receive us. Leave them alone. And God will be taken there of the judgments of those type of cities of people. But our job is to cast the devils out of people. Verse 16. He said, I send you as sheep among wolves. He said, be ye Wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Wise as serpents may be wise because these people that you are preaching to can be can be so possessed that they want to persecute you, they want to beat you up. So if you know they are about to, don't let them beat you up, just run away. No, that's wise. No, so. Instead of trying to stay there before and they begin to do it, but if you keep your eyes open and you sense that they are doing something evil, they are planning evil against you, run away. You will say that when they persecute you in one city, run to another city. You see that in some other Bible verses as we go on. That's why I say you are going as cheap among wolves. All those people that are demon possessed, they can be wolves. Mean, now you have to remember there's a difference between we casting devils out of people. Mostly people that we cast devils out are the people that wanted the devils to be casted out. Somebody that is sick, we want to be healed also. So we command the devil to come out of sickness. Somebody that is lost his mind completely like a lunatic. He's, the man is, that is possessed by that lunatic is no more controlling it. He's no more controlling himself. So we can take control of another lunatic and call the devil to come out. Okay? But there are some that are, they still have human beings that have their intelligence. They just choose a different religion. What they are doing, they are just listening to demons. The devil may not be inside them, per se. It may just be whispering to them. That's called oppression. Making them to hate these people. And those are the kind of people that we raise persecution, like the jihadists, that claim to be jihadists. They have their common sense, but they hated the gospel because the devil has infiltrated their mind to make them hate the gospel of Jesus. And so they will be the one to persecute. So we are not going to cast the devils out of them to make them not persecute. There's no devil inside them to make it is them doing it. Just listen to the demons that are whispering to their mind. The devil doesn't have to be inside them. Their hatred inside them is what they are just using to persecute the true believers. So that is a different yesterday. That those are the ones that he said when they persecute you once they free. We don't see the devil that is doing that persecution. We don't see the devil. But it's a, it's a different category. The devil that is creating persecution is using men 
So the devil doesn't have to be in that dose, in that side dose, man. He's just putting ideas into their mind from the hatred they have for the gospel, ideas in their mind to beat up this pastor or to go and burn this house of this, this church. That is them doing it. Those are the ones who don't have control over their spirit, upon the, upon the spirit of those men, because we don't control the spirit of men. We only control satanic spirits. You can command the devil in prayer that you shouldn't trouble them, but if they already made up their mind, they already troubled you. You see? So that is making you to see the difference between those spirits that we can cast out from the people and those human beings that we cannot cast any devil out of them. Take example of Judas Iscariot. You know, Jesus Christ didn't cast any devil out of Judas Iscariot because there was no devil to cast out. Jesus Iscariot himself was the devil. Just like I was saying, those people that believe that their religion is better than this religion, they have chosen to follow the wrong religion. And the devil will find it, will find all their mind to hate the gospel. The devil doesn't have to be inside them, but they are listening to wrong voices. And those wrong voices are outside talking to them, and their mind is being raged against the gospel. Those are the ones that will raise persecution. So Jesus Christ didn't try to cast, or didn't cast any devil out of Judas Iscariot. He's telling him, one of you is a devil. That is, it's not a seed of God, and he will never believe. He followed them, but he will follow them for his own purpose, to get money. And Jesus Christ saw that, he can't, there's no devil to cast out. It's just, this, is, this guy is a bad person. That is really the difference. So I'm trying to make you see the difference between we having authority to cast out devils from those that are being tormented or possessed by those devils or causing sickness in them. If they have to yield for it, they have to ask for prayer. If they don't ask for it, they don't believe, then of course you can't help them. But those are different from those people that are persecuting the church, persecuting the Christians. Even though the devil is still doing that persecution, but he's using men to persecute without really being the men. He just puts the idea in their mind and they go ahead and do the work of the devil for him. So you have to remember that there's a difference. And Christ said, now for those who are going to persecute, say, be wise as serpents. That's why I'm putting that's why I'm coming to explain that clearly. So we have to be a wise as serpents around them. If we begin to notice that they are planning to go and beat us up, we run, run away. And keep preaching but run from their environment so that they don't have any way of um, attacking us. They bet harmless as those. That is, I don't have to be the one to go and beat them up. No, I don't have to be the one to cast devils at them. No, we don't, we don't do that. That's being harm, harmful. No, so. They we have to be harmless as doves. Even though we have authority to cast devils at them, no, we don't do that. We cast devils out of people because their kingdom is Satan and all those devils, plus those men that have given them themselves to the devil. So that's why we can't reverse it and say, the devil go and control. If the devil will be us, they ought to, but we don't do that. So we don't cast devils out of people. Even when you are coming to Christ, make sure you are, you are clear from devils. Somebody say, well, he has control. She has control over demons, over Satan's speech. She wants to make that devil punish somebody. No, no, that's not Jesus Christ. That's not Christ-like. You don't make the devil go and punish somebody because that somebody disagrees with you. No. We cast the devils out of people, not into the people. So remember that. Because I remember somebody in our church in, when I was in Nigeria that gave a testimony and said she was in this vision of a dream and she saw these tiny little demons coming and coming to, uh, to, to torment somebody that was a neighbor, but she and that neighbor had, uh, had trouble. And she said, yes, torment them, torment her, torment her. And I said, gee, this guy didn't understand what the gospel is. 
And she said, she said, torment them in the name of Jesus, using the name of Jesus to torment, to tell the demons to torment that uh, neighbor. And she said, she didn't realize what she was saying. And after she finished, I called the woman and said, what you are doing is called witchcraft. If you have the spirit of witchcraft, we need to cast that witchcraft spirit out of you so that you don't even control, you don't even use that witchcraft power again to torment anybody. What we Christ has brought is for us to cast devils out of people. That's why it's kingdom of love. But if you have hatred to somebody, that hatred is making you to cause the devil to go and torment the person. It's hatred. But that's not the spirit of Christ. When the lady got the message, and I believe she won't do that again, at least not in a vision or dream. Because people don't know what, uh, if you find yourself in a vision or in your dream, or following some people to go and do evil, like uh, attack somebody else on their, on their, on that is going, then there's a spirit that is leading you to do evil. And that's not the spirit of Christ. Whether it is in a dream, they'll call it in the spirit. Some people find themselves following some group and they went and do havoc to some other people. Then you know that's not the spirit of Christ. If you come to the midst of the believers, you should be delivered from that demon. It's called satanic spirit or witchcraft spirit that is hurting people. So that's where if you see yourself in a vision that you are hurting people through supernatural way like that in your dream of vision, you need to be delivered if you really want to follow Christ. Otherwise, you are on your way to hell. No matter how close to the church you go, you are going to hell if you, if you keep commenting hurting people through supernatural ways. So this, the kingdom of Christ is to deliver men. Christ has come to deliver souls from torment, from trouble, from the powers of Satan. So we don't join Satan to torment people. Take note of that. So that's why the Lord said, Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's verse 16 of Matthew chapter 10. Now verse 17 is where I was explaining. He said, Beware of men. That is, human beings, that we don't have control over the spirit of men. We don't control the spirit of men. They have the shoes where to obey, to listen to the gospel, or to follow the devil in the devil's ideas, opinions. That's why Christ said, Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues. That's talking about persecution. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take note of how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. So the Lord is giving us. Up from one that way. When they bring you before council or governors about what you are preaching, don't even try to premeditate what I'm going to say. Just open your mouth and the Logos begins to speak through your mouth. So it's not you that is speaking, it is the Spirit of God that is speaking through you. Verse 21. And he went further to, exp- to exhort the 12 disciples that are going to preach, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. See, Christ is telling us up front, not only to the disciples, he was telling this to all of us that are going to believe the gospel and preach. So you will be hated by, for, by all men for my name's sake, for the name of Christ. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Now you can't do it for a while and say, well, the pressure is too much, particularly too much. You say, I'm going just to quit this religion. No, it is a life. You want to go to heaven with Christ? He said there will be too much tribulation. Shall we enter that kingdom? Too much tribulation. Remember that. So there will be a lot of persecution, of course. But through those tribulations, shall we enter the kingdom of God? Verse 23. 
But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. But verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. That is, you just keep going, you preach in this city and they want to stone you, run away to another city. But when you get to that city, don't keep your mouth shut, keep talking, keep preaching. Because it is through the word of God that you are preaching that some people will be delivered. Some people will be saved. If they persecute you, read on to another city. If you go from city to city, before you go through all the cities of even Israel, the end will have come. That's what it means that there were so many cities and you just keep preaching. In the place they will welcome you, in that place they will throw you out. That is exactly what happened in the days of Apostle Paul. He was going from city to city in all those Asia minor. They when they persecuted, when the Jews persecuted him in one place, he fled to another city. You see that in the book of Acts of the Apostles. But the gospel kept on being spread. Verse 24 of Matthew chapter 10. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his own of his household? God is telling us point blank. The persecutor in Jesus Christ, he was preaching about they call him Beelzebub. I mean the this, the, the chief priest and the priest that came to look and see how he was casting the devils out. I was feeling the sea. And he tried to tell me and say, well, he's talking to those spirits. He must be using the power of the, of the, of the, of the, of the master of the spirits of the, of the devil. So they call that spirit called Beelzebub. Means the, they think Beelzebub is the law, is the, is the leader of those demons. So now they say he's using the power of Beelzebub. Christ said, how can Satan be casting out devils? This is another kingdom coming against the kingdom of darkness. Then these people that were priests of Israel, and they didn't understand that, not believe that. So they thought he must be using the power of the devil to cast out devils. So Christ said, if they call, if they have called me Beelzebub, they will call you Beelzebub too. Don't, say. Don't, be, don't, be, don't be worried about that. Verse 26, fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and he that shall not be known. Just keep teaching the gospel. Verse 27, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. What ye hear in the air, that preach ye upon the housetops. I mean, just broadcast what you have been learning, so that others will hear it. Verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's why we fear God. That's why we do the will of God. And don't be afraid of human beings that are, the worst they can do is to kill the body. And then we go and meet the Lord Jesus Christ in, in heaven. Also. That's the worst the devil can do is to kill physical human beings. Like Christ said, I will raise them up at the last day. So that gives us confidence that in the end we shall raise again and live on this planet and rule on this planet forever. Why Satan and all his course will be in the bottomless pit and lake of fire. So don't be afraid of devils or any human being. Say, fear God alone. God has able to not only kill the body, but send the soul into hell. That's what you should fear. You fear God. Verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a vow thing? And, not one, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. It's even two sparrows, those little, little balls. They are like worthless. If they even fall down dead, people just throw it away. Or those that they can be sold, it's true for a tiny little family. He said that even each one of them, God cares for them. That's what he's saying. 
So not one of them will not fall down without your father. Grandfather, God knows about you when the that little sparrow fall down dead. Master said, but the very ears of your head are all numbered. That is, God is God kept record account of us. If he takes care of the sparrows and not one of them will fall down there without God knows about it, how much more we human beings? So whether they kill us or persecute us or something happens to us, God is keeping record. And God is watching over us. We believe that especially. And that's what it means that the very ears of our head are all numbered. So that means God is keeping record. So anyone that is going to hurt us, you know you are hurting God Almighty. In fact, the Bible says God shall destroy them that destroy the earth. It may look like it's not happening right away. Yeah, it may not happen right away. But in the end, every human being that has lived on this planet will be resurrected to stand before God, to be judged. So that's what you that is listening to me. If you are not a believer in Christ, that's what you should fear. Because when you stand before God and you are going to be judged, according to your works on that, all the books will be open of your record of what you did on that. But if you are a believer, Christ has already been judged for us, and Christ has already taken us into his kingdom. We are already past that judgment. We are going to sit with Christ in the, that final judgment to judge all the rest of the people. That's what the Bible teaches us in the book of Revelation chapter 20. Verse 31 says, Fear ye not therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now that is very important. Confessing Christ, it was a just confess him, that is, confess the lifestyle he has come from, confess that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. Then God said, Christ said, I also will confess him before my Father in the day of judgment. And that, in fact, even in another place, before the angels also. What does that mean? You confess before the Father and before the angels. Because the angels are expected to be watching over us. And many of those things that we want to, to happen, angels are to implement it right here now for us. But he said, if he confesses before the angels, say, yeah, that's my son. Do what he says to, to do. And that is confessing before the angels. But if he says, I deny you before my father and before the angels, means when you cry, oh God, and the angel wanted to hear, act on you, and say, no, I don't know that one. That means he denies you before the angel. So that is very important that we want to be Confessed by the Lord Jesus Christ before the angels and before Father God, which is at the end, but before the angels, even right now, so that the angels are fighting on our behalf, they are doing things on our behalf, only when we also are confessing Christ, not ashamed of the gospel. But starting from, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. And he's going to explain that. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and daughter against her mother. And the daughter in law against her mother in law. And a man's foes shall be there of his own household. Now, that is talking about when Christ comes into a family and one of the members of the family gets saved and gives their life to Christ, the life of that person is changed from evil doers, darkness, into light. It's now holy and righteous. We want to do the right thing. Now, of course, the people that are, he has been participating in all those wicked things before, they will not like it. Because darkness is still in that in those people, they will come against the light that is coming to the house. That's what Christ meant by saying, I've, "I've set a man against his father, father-in-law against daughter-in-law against mother-in-law." Because one believes the gospel, wants to do the right thing; this one does not believe, wants to do the wrong thing, and there will be a clash in that family. But 
the Lord can still save those people that are seen darkness by the prayer of the one that has been saved. Take, for example, in a, when I was still in Africa, and a young man that was high school, he got the gospel and believed the gospel. But his family, his dad, had a, a flour mill where they are, they are grinding and blending flour, yam flour, potato flour, or pepper for the public and collecting money for that. But while they do that, they also steal some of those powder, the, the, the product they get, they do for the people. And the boy knew about it because he was already part of them. That's how they make their own free food. Somebody bring a whole, a whole bag of yam and say, let me grind it and they charge him, how much they're going to charge him. And they grind it for him, but they kept a whole bowl of powdered yam for themselves that they are not paid for. And give the rest to the man that has paid for it. And they were doing that stealing. It's like stealing also. They are stealing from the public. When the public are trusting them with their, with their yam, their potato, with their pepper, and they are taking part of it and using it for their own family. Without, and after they have charged the people. But with this boy, young man, teenager, high school kid, now got the gospel and give their life to Christ. And the Lord begins to walk in the house of this man. He realizes that, well, look, the food we are eating in the house is stolen. What, what was he going to do? So he tried to tell his dad, who was a non-believer. was called non-believer. And the man, the father got upset and said, how dare you tell me uh, this is still? That's how I pay your school fees. That's how I put food on the table. Get out of my house. So that is what Christ was talking about. I have come to set a man at variance against his father. That's exactly a good example of what Christ meant when he said, I have not come to bring peace. I have come to set a man against his father. That was exactly what happened. The boy came to me because I was, by that time, a college graduate with cars. So he came to me and told me the whole story. He told me to come and help him talk to his daddy because he was kicked out of the house. And he was still like a junior in high school. Of course, the daddy is still paying the school fees also. So what do you think a minister of the gospel will do? I went to the man. I couldn't tell him what the boy told me about the stealing. I just tried to appeal to the man. The man said, well, don't bring uh, this big man to me and cause me into trouble. Leave me alone. And that was, he was telling his son, like, don't bring this man to come and be appealing to me. So, so, okay. I, he thought I was a big man because I was a college graduate working with a car. And these people are just ordinary people that have not even a car, not even a bicycle. So the man was trying to tell his son that, Dude, don't, don't let me offend anybody. Don't bring this man to come and be appealing to me. But I tried to do my best. And then I, cons- I, cons- I give counsel to the young man that you may be submissive to them until you get out of the house. Because in a year, you'll be graduating from high school. And of course, after you graduate from high school, you're not going to be under their jurisdiction. You can then follow the Lord Jesus Christ and keep telling them the truth. They say, should I be able to eat their food? That's the problem the boy has. Because, you know, this food was stolen. And do I be eating, eating the food? I said, the Lord understand it. You just eat the food until you get out of the house. That's how I could, or the only way I could counsel him because I can't say, come and live with me. Because I was not even there after a year, I was also I left the country. So he said, those are situations Christ was saying, I will set a man against his father. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and so on and so forth. A man's foe shall be there of his own also. That is exactly what Christ said. It's still happening up to today. In the Muslim world, somebody gave their life to Christ, the family, the daddy, the husband, the wife, or whoever, they wanted to kill the man or the woman for, for following Christ. 
That is what they mean by a man's foe shall be day of his own household. That is where the persecution starts first in the household. But Christ is saying in verse 3, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. That if you are going to say, where I love my father, I will have to just drop this religion. Say you will not be accepted by Christ. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. So Christ is pulling right down that he's going to be, you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to follow Jesus and stand firm. You may be persecuted like we say, but you may suffer and the Lord will stand by you. Whatever way is going to make it a way for you, he will stand by you. Like that young man, if we say uh, he was not going to eat the food, God will still find a way of protect, for providing for him. Will he be able to pay for his school fees? God can still work it by miracle for him. But for that ex- example, I really know what finally, how the, finally, the young man finally resolved the situation. But I gave him the counseling to keep a low profile until he gets out of the, of the house where he will now be 18 years old, he could be on his own and will follow Christ. But he was still going to the fellowship. But trying to confront them about what they were doing wrong is what I just gave him counsel. Because if you confront them, they will, like I said, the father will kick him up. And he had no other way to, to make us But the Lord was able to provide for many people that when they were kicked out, really kicked out, they, uh, a pastor take them in. But if they needed some funding like that, some of them really suffer. That is suffering. That young man, I can't remember how he finally resolved his own problem. But I know he finally graduated from high school and was still following the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, go on. Chapter 10 is what we are reading. Mark, Matthew chapter 10. And we are at verse 36 where he says, Mount's foot shall be day of his own household in the persecution that he had arise after following Christ. Verse 37, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And Christ said, Verse 36 says, He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. That is, it's going to be like taking your cross is like death sentence. Because in the days of our Lord Jesus Christ, the cross was used by the Roman Empire to crucify criminals that have been condemned to death. And they carry their cross to where they're going to be crucified, and there they are crucified. And Christ is saying, following him is like a cross. Why? Because it's like a death sentence, because you are coming against the kingdom of darkness, where Satan is ruling this world. And he has many of those human beings under his jurisdiction. To persecute. But Christ said, that, but that he that findeth his life shall lose it. That you shall try to protect your life, then you are going to lose your life in the hell. But he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. I mean, if you give up your life, I'm ready. See, so then you'll find it. That brings me my testimony where after my high school, and I was being followed, I was trying to protect myself with voodoo. That my parents say, well, use this to protect yourself because the world is evil. You don't know whether it's your co-workers that want to compete with you with this uh, promotion. And they will try to slide you by, by spiritual power. Just use this voodoo to protect yourself. And I was a high school kid. I was still Catholic, not born again. And I took the voodoo I was using it. Then I heard about the gospel. So I joined the apostolic church and became more fervently prayer. And they preaching there means that if you want to follow Jesus, you can't be mixing it with voodoo. And I have to make up a decision. I was 18 then, 18 or 19. And I was to make decision. Should I throw this voodoo away and follow just praying in the church? Or should I stop going to the church and just 
investment in voodoo. Then I made up my mind to follow Christ. And I carry all this voodoo. And one afternoon after, after work, I was working after high school. One afternoon, I carried all those voodoo into paper bag and went to a, a dump place where we can throw it to a river. And I talked to him and said, Lord, I want to surrender to Jesus. All these wishes, wizards, voodoo people that may want to hurt me, if, they, if you can protect me, deliver me from them. If you, can, if, you, if, they, if you don't protect me and they kill me, then I will come to heaven faster. And I throw the voodoo into the river. Went singing praise to God. That is casting away your life. That was what my daddy said when he heard about it. I did he hear about it? Because it was him that helped me get it. Me and him alone knew about it. The next time he visited me, because he was in another time, he was in another time. He visited me and said, are you still using that thing to make sure that his son is protected? I said, no, I throw it away. Prayer alone is enough. Said, what? Prayer alone? They will just kill you. That was exactly what he said. They will, they means wishes, wizard, enemy. They will just kill you. Then he said, a, a, a son that will live long enough to bury us. It is while they are young, we know. Meaning that I may not live long enough to bury him. And he was like in his 50s then, or maybe 60s. I told him, I said, I will live long enough to bury you. <laughs> because I was sucking my feet. But that was what Christ meant that anyone that is trying to find his life will lose it. But if you lose your life, for my sake, you find it. And I'm now 70, and I'm still alive. And I will be alive forever. And Christ is saying, if you lose your life for his sake, you find it. But then Christ will now hold you and say, oh, which, which, uh, which, 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 can now kill this one that has surrendered to me. When you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, you throw away your life for him. Then he said, we give your power, his power to you. That is a good example of what he, Christ may when he say, he that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Matthew chapter 10 verse 40 now. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. That is, if you receive Christ, you are receiving God Almighty. Verse 41, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. That is, when you receive Christ, it comes with reward. Verse 42, and whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Now, the Lord promised that, that when you do good to even the disciples, just to be the disciples, you will not lose your reward because God is keeping record. And he will help you. Even if you are not a believer, but you just love to help the cause of Christ, God will see to it that he will bring you in to be saved also. That has been reported in many places. This is the end of chapter 10. And we are going to continue this in chapter 11. God bless you.